On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, we take a look at the last week that's been for the Toronto Raptors and give them a grade. Is this perhaps the lowest point in the Masai Ujiri tenure? We'll dig into that question. Plus, are there reasons for optimism through all the gloom this week? And we close it out with the return of a classic parlor game. It's all coming up with Vivek Jake with Raptors.com. Let's get to it. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, July the 6th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are also on YouTube. If you want to join the cavalcade of folks who have jumped over and joined the YouTube family, subscribe to the channel. It's been great to see a nice surge of subscribers lately. We love you all very, very much. If you've not done it yet, what are you doing? Just please help me out. I want my ego stroked. It would be much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, let's get to it. On today's show, we're digging into all sorts of stuff. You know, we're going to talk off the top about what's been a pretty bad week in just in terms of performance by the front office, I would say. And it's not as though, like, the actual decisions this week were necessarily all that bad. You couldn't match Fred VanVleet's offer from the Rockets. That was a good decision to not match it, but all the decisions that have led to this week have maybe kind of left this as a bit of a low point for the Raptors front office. We'll talk about that. Uh, we've also got to sort of, we're going to try to weave in a little bit of happiness here too. I feel like I've been a big bummer. Uh, I usually try to make it like fun to be a Raptors fan on this podcast. That's kind of the whole thing. And I've been a little down and I think justifiably on on what the team is going to look like next year. Uh, but we're going to dig into some reasons for optimism if, in fact, the roster is as it is going into the year. And we're going to return uh, an old classic game to close things out with a little Fred Van Vliet spin to say goodbye uh, in the form of that random Raptors game in the final segment. Ooh, hold your breath. It's going to be very exciting. Let's bring in our guest. He is, of course, from Raptors.com. Vivek Jacob, Big V, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. We got the uh, ashes going. With some cricket, we got Wimbledon going, so peak English summer. I'm enjoying all of it, and uh, <laughs> just keeping myself uh, distracted from all that's going on in Raptorland. What is your cucumber sandwich game? Do you make them at home? <laughs> Do you have a recipe when you're watching Wimbledon? You feel like a cucumber sandwich man. No, I'm not. I'm not a cucumber <laughs> sandwich man. Have um, you had a cucumber sandwich at all during your watching of Wimbledon in your entire life? No. Wow, misjudged, I can't, unbelievable. I can't, I can't say that I have. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, the closest I would have come to having cucumbers while watching Wimbledon would have been if I was like eating a biryani and there's some mm. right there. And mm. got, mm. you know, some, that's, this might that's just probably be a food as podcast close now. as it gets. 
Yeah, we're gonna talk about Biryani now. Uh, <laughs> if you have a great cucumber sandwich recipe, drop it in the comments. Uh, all right, let's get to the Raptors, shall we? Uh, it's been a week. Uh, it sure has. Fred VanVleet walks to the Houston Rockets. Uh, Michael Grange drops a bomb about the uh, internal strife within the team last year. Uh, some of the key characters sort of noted in that strife still remain on the team. So hopefully things can be smoothed over if, in fact, everybody is returning. I would hope that a new coach and some fresh ideas will go a long way to helping do that. These are adults. They'll probably figure it out. But uh, it's not been a banner week for the Raptors. I think a lot of folks look at the full mid-level for Dennis Schroeder as a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, obviously, he was the best guard left on the market. He didn't want to get totally squeezed out of the market. So you got to go pay the dude to bring him in to replace Fred Van Vliet, at least in theory. I don't think he's actually going to replace Fred Van Vliet in the starting lineup because the idea of a Schroeder plus Scotty plus Pascal plus Jakob Pertle featured starting lineup, there is no shooting there. That is bad. I don't know how you're going to make that work. All that said, I, I kind of want to get your feel here, Big V, you know, this has not been a banner week for the Raptors front office. You could argue it's been maybe the low point of the Masai Ujiri tenure. We can talk about other candidates there if you want, but what's your sort of grade for what's gone on, the way the Raptors lose Fred Van Vliet, the way they sort of bounce back and recover with a nice Jalen McDaniels signing? Uh, you know, How are you feeling about the Schroeder thing? What's your grade for the Raptors in the first six or so days of free agency here? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go like above... Uh, a D for now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when you look at the situation, you, you had kind of all your chips in bringing back uh, everyone. And so yeah. I think uh, with the trade deadline comments that they were confident that they could bring everyone back, uh, they obviously um, misplayed or misread uh, the Houston Rockets as a threat. I think mm -hmm. You know, in hindsight, you can kind of say, oh, well, you know, it seemed like the Rockets were just like dead set on bringing James Harden back. And so why would you see them as a threat? Well, that's part of their job. <laughs> yeah, uh, you get, there's only, it only takes one team. And yeah. the one team with $61 million in cap space looming out there probably should have been taken as more of a serious threat. Exactly. Uh, so I think now with, the, with Fred out of the picture, uh, there's a definitive ceiling on what they can accomplish next season. Um, because of how they've maneuvered so far. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, Dennis Schroeder, there's a pretty big gap between those two guys, I would say. Um, and I think it really does uh, accelerate, um, you know, the conversations on Pascal. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think all of that together, I wouldn't go above a D. Um, that being said, uh, it's maybe a little bit incomplete for now. 100%. Un until we know. Uh, what Pascal's situation is going to be, whether he is going to be wearing a, a Raptors uniform next season. Um, and then maybe, you know, even when I saw the uh, Jaden McDaniels signing, that's also a bit of an incomplete for me because I'm like, hey, I'm okay with the signing mm -hmm. if you kind of, you know, get rid of that logjam between Boucher and Precious and Coloco and, uh, you know, if you bring in a guard uh, via mm -hmm. a trade there. Uh, yeah. If the roster stays as is, then I don't like the Jaden McDaniel signing because now Jalen, Jalen, Jaden's the the really good yeah, one. Jalen, uh, sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I've been I thinking, would love Jaden. Every time I write McDaniel's in a theoretical lineup, lineup, I'm like, yeah. what if that was Jaden? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jaden would be a very different conversation. Sorry, um, but yeah, Jalen. One pick ahead of Malachi Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's where that's the aspect of it that's incomplete for me. Mm -hmm. But for now, you know, they put all their chips into this summer 
Um, they pushed everything to this summer and to not come away with Fred. And obviously they're right to not match the offer. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's definitely, you know, uh, not the outcome that they were hoping for. No, I, I mean, let me take you to a little place called Hyrule, Vivek. Uh, I've been playing, they ever heard of this, Tears of the Kingdom, this game? Um, no. You know, you can have the best laid plans. So essentially, a couple days ago, I was like, hmm, I'm going to build like a like a war machine to try to fight this big enemy called the Lionel. The Lionels are real tough customers, real nasty business. And I built this car that had laser beams and flame emitters and a cannon on the top. And I was like, this is great. This is my best laid plan. This is me threading the needle with three pending free agents going into the off season. Uh, and then I started driving the car and it caught fire instantly. That kind of feels like the Raptors' best laid plans going up in flames with Fred walking. And now we're sitting here with a, a burnt out husk of a Jeep that I've built in this game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to tie in my real life to the podcast, huh? You know, for me, <laughs> I think, I, I, like, again, I think the sort of process behind running it back, I've been, you know, pretty comfortable with thinking that running it back was probably the best of imperfect options. But now they're left with this sort of like, okay, um, the thing broke down. The Lionel's bearing down on us. How do we react? And sometimes you have like a nice big sword you can pull out and, and, and knock that thing down. Other times you're totally screwed. I think right now we're unsure what the Raptors' next move is in this bit of combat, right? Like I, I think you're totally right. It is incomplete. We don't know, you know, if they extend Pascal, I think that improves the grade on the summer because you get some security there. and You're not going into next year with him as a pending UFA. I think if you trade Pascal, there's a world in which it's improved there as well, just as a matter of kind of ripping off the Band-Aid, even if I think um, there's not necessarily a super compelling offer that I've been sort of, you know, presented to my eyeballs from the trade machine or whatever over the course of the last few days here. Um, and there is, you know, the potential of them really pulling a rabbit out of a hat, right? Like, maybe there is some sort of Damian Lillard swing still to be had. I know no one wants to hear it. Uh, I, I did sneak in some Scotty Barnes for Damian Lillard propaganda on a radio hit on the Fan 590 over the weekend. And since then, it's gone mainstream. Michael Pina's writing about it. Will Lou's talking about it. The, the Joe Wolfon and Joey Cash are talking about it on Pound the Rock. Uh, you know, I, I think there's like an actual argument to be made that there's a, a sort of last-ditch effort to save this Pascal era by going to swing for Dame. If that happens, then the offseason changes as well. It's not to say it's going to happen. I would be shocked if it did. But there are avenues here to kind of salvage this. Are there any that have kind of stood out to you? Is there like something you're hoping to see happen here, a particular trade, maybe just the extension for Pascal? Like what do you think could make this something better than a DD plus offseason so far? Um, path to redemption? <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i think it definitely uh is along the lines of what you said with the scotty uh for dame mm -hmm. uh if, if you have something there um i haven't looked at the machinations of making the salary work uh and you can so, go to my twitter and find it i've been pretty liberal in sharing this very good trade idea the last yeah. while. <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's one thing i look at um and you know you Basically, you don't want to end up in a similar conversation. I mean, I guess the thing now is what is the ceiling of a Dame Pascal team? Um, and now, you know, it would have been nice to have the asset uh, in Fred to move and maybe, 
you know, make that sort of view of the roster. Or, you know, you're giving up Fred and Scotty in the deal. Mm. <laughs> Which I don't know why the Blazers would do that. I, you know, I've... Yeah. I've had this sort of in the Lockdown Raptors Discord, which you should go and join. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've there was this sort of thought of, oh, well, it doesn't make as much sense to go trade for Dame without Fred on the team to kind of be the backcourt partner. And I get it. Like, they would be a better team if Dame, Fred, OG, Siakam, Pirtle was their starting five. But I also think, like, you kind of, if you don't have Fred on the roster, which they don't, if you were to make the Dame trade, you could, in theory, kind of avoid some of the second apron troubles that would come from having all of those guys on your roster. And I do think like a a Dame OG Siakam Pirtle core four is extremely good. Like it's just it's it's really good. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. It would be one of the better uh, sort of starting groups in basketball, I think, and would really give them a shot in the Eastern Conference, an Eastern Conference that has creaky teams at the top that are not perfect by any means. Um, yeah. You know, again, it, 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 we, we don't, don't have what's to gonna happen with Philly. No, we don't like things could go weird. There could be like a weird gap year there, right? Like it's uh, it, it's tough. Um, let's uh, do you have any last parting shots on the Dane thing? Again, I keep on throwing that out there. It's not going to happen. We know this. It's probably going to end up with him going to Miami. But yeah. if the Blazers are actually looking at making a real big trade and like getting actual stuff back on their team that will help them, uh, you could argue that a Scotty Barnes package is the single best thing that could be sent back to Portland to make it all work. I know it pisses a lot of people off to think about trading Scotty, but also what are the odds Scotty actually becomes the thing everybody hopes he can be? Odds are, in the history of basketball, it's suggested it's pretty slim that he's going to become the top 10 player we all hope he can be, even though I think he has the capacity to do it. Doing it and having the capacity to do it are two very different things. Any last parting shots there before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I think the last thing I'd go back to is if uh, if that Scotty route is uh, still sort of untenable for the front office, I think, you know, we kind of saw that, you know, he was untouchable in KD conversations. So mm -hmm. if the front office is still like, yeah, he's the one guy that's just not going to be available. Um, I think these Pascal conversations I'm I'm looking to see, and I've said this before, is how close does that mimic, you know, say what Indiana did when they traded Paul George. When, sure. Um, you know, obviously it would be a heck of a home run to hit, but if you pull off something like what, okay, so you did in getting Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? Turning, uh, trading Paul George, good for your franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take notes, Clippers. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's kind of what you're looking at. You know, Masai mm -hmm. kind of has his own version of it from Denver when he traded Carmelo Anthony. Um, and so I think that's what I would look to see um, and compare in that way um, if it is a Pascal deal that ends up happening. Um, I still think the front office would be, uh, you know, reluctant to trade Scotty. And so I still think odds are uh, it's a Pascal move if there is a move. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I'm measuring it right now. Um, we're going to come back on the other side. We're going to get into the reasons for optimism with this roster going into a new season, which are uh, hopefully uh, abound. Uh, we'll take into what excites us about this roster, if it is going to stand pat, if there is going to be no more moves, if there are no rabbits to be pulled out of hats. We'll get to all of that very shortly here. Um, but first, I got to tell you about our friends over at BetterHelp. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself and making decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets, and the more you can talk about it with somebody, the more you're going to get those decisions right. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get started and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which is a big deal. You know, sometimes it's not always going to click the first time you get a therapist, but you can switch with no additional charge with BetterHelp. Go check them out. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, we continue on here, running over long in the first segment, as we've done a lot lately, because there's just so much to talk about off the top. It's so juicy and beefy these days, Big V. Um, let's get into maybe a bit of a shift of tone. I think we're both a little bit down on what this roster is going to be capable of in 23-24. Again, there are silver linings to the Fred departure, longer-term financial flexibility, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're going to get to see what Scotty Barnes has to offer, uh, that, that's for sure. Um, you know, not having any shooting around him will make it harder. But what's your sort of read right now as far as, like, going into the season? What's got you excited? What are the things about this roster? If it's going to be essentially as is, what's got you a little bit excited about the potential machinations of how this is all going to work on the floor? I think the thing that has me most excited is, and especially if they do go ahead and make the Pascal trade, is mm. you know a definitive direction. Sure. Right? And you look at the coaching staff from the head coach down to everyone that's working with him. They are extremely player development inclined. Uh, and so that's where now you get to see, okay, you know, maybe uh, there hasn't been quite the pipeline there was between the 905 uh, and the parent club. And so mm -hmm. what does that look like this season? And then you look at uh, the team as well. You know, what, what are the steps that are going to be taken from the start of training camp right down to April? And so I think those are the things that would excite me uh, in terms of knowing that path and saying, okay, this is where the team is going to have their focus. And so what are the steps, all these young guys, whether it's Scotty, whether it's precious, um, we'll see what Jeff Dappen jr. Uh, you know, all those players getting into the mix, obviously Grady Dick uh, and, you know, maybe one guy who we haven't talked about as much as uh, Christian Coloco, mm -hmm. his development look like from last season to this. So those are the things that probably, uh, have me most excited yeah like i think there are certainly going to be some fun lineups you can put together with the players on this roster i don't think you'll be able to do it for 48 minutes a game where you have really fun and lineups to kind of make sense but i do think for me i'm excited about any lineup they can throw out where scotty is playing with that minimum three shooters uh I, I think that is a thing for me that i'm excited by right like i i think scotty has the potential to be very good, right? You have to have the right circumstances around him for him to properly flourish, which I'm not sure they have right now. But there will be pockets of games where, you know, it's kind of turned to him. And it's like, all right, Scotty, go go nuts. This is you. And I could see some lineup combinations where, you know, any any combination where Scotty is playing with OG, Gary Trent Jr. and Grady Dick might be awful defensively. But, like, that will, I think, be a thing where you can see 
what the offense can look like with Scotty kind of at the helm in a proper situation around him. Um, you know, I, I think I'm fascinated to see the sort of growth of the younger guys. You mentioned Coloco. Like, I, I think as much as I'm pretty down on the Dennis Schroeder signing, I think having like an actual point guard to run second unit minutes with Coloco will be helpful, even if I don't necessarily have super high hopes for the Schroeder Coloco duo as like the next great pick and roll combination in NBA history. Uh, I think it can at least help that development along. And yeah, the, the, the pressure's a Chua, massively important season for him. He's got money on the line. It's going to be really fascinating to see like what the real version of uh, of Precious Achua is as well. Like those little younger sort of developmental pieces are the thing to watch this year. And if I think if you go in just sort of accepting like there are going to be some growing pains, like it's going to be kind of ugly. The offense might be uh, tremendously awful for long stretches of games, more so than it even was last year. Um, I, I think there's going to be some excitement and joy to be gleaned from that as well, you know, for sure. Um, what are your thoughts on the defense? Because I've been sort of thinking about this. I think there's a chance the defense is like fantastic and like genuinely genuinely is a thing to hang their hat on. I know Darko comes in as more of an offensively oriented guy, or at least that's the way he's kind of been branded. Uh, We have no idea until he gets in the job, what his actual, you know, sort of philosophies on defense will be. But I I do think like the spine of Pirtle down the middle, OG on the wing, Dennis Schroeder, as much as he's not a great offensive player right now, is an excellent defensive player at the point of attack. Um, I do think Scotty made some strides last year defensively, although he's going to have to take some serious ones with his on-ball defense this year if he's going to be at the point of attack a lot. Um, but I, I just I think there's a pretty good infrastructure here. You throw in McDaniels, Coloco, Achua, like all really good defensive players who drove positive defensive play for the Raptors last year in the case of the guys who were actually on the team. Um, where are you at with the sort of level of optimism on the defense? Because I do think there's a world in which it's like a top five unit yeah i I would struggle to go that high um i think even top 10 would be an accomplishment uh Mm -hmm. and i think uh i probably set them you know as league average is what i would be what would be my expectations going in um but Mm. but everything above that uh would be an improvement I, i just think you know when you've got a new coaching staff when you're learning new stuff when um you're changing the roster potentially as as much uh, as you know might still be left to change mm-hmm. uh I, I think that's where my doubts kind of creep in and so sure. i think obviously individually a lot of good things to say about yak uh and uh mcdaniels and i think that again until that logjam kind of clears uh i'm gonna have to just side with being on the league average side of things I guess I think that's kind of a little low. Like, they were the number six defense after the All-Star break last year with Yak, you know, kind of as that backline anchor. And yes, you lose Fred Van Vliet's off-ball wizardry and, like, his dig downs and all of that stuff. Like, really, really valuable. But I do think, like, there is something to the idea if Scotty is, like, because I don't think Scotty's issues on ball have necessarily been those of, like, inability. I think it's been, like, overzealousness and over sort of like not really trusting his length and his own athleticism at times. And I do think that's something you can rectify. And I think just the idea of having like a six, nine dude with a seven, two wingspan at the top of your defense, that feels very disruptive to me. Um, if he can properly, you sort of find the balance of not, 
lurching too far for steals and getting out of position and all that. It's a hard thing to learn, but I do think there were strides he made last year on defense, more so in the rim protection side of things. But like, I don't think he doesn't understand defense or anything like that. He's a really smart player. Um, and I think there is like a defensive upside that has yet to be even remotely tapped into for him. And if you have that disruptive force at the top of your defense and you're able to play a more conservative defense with Yakapurtle kind of playing in a drop, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty optimistic about cobbling together something really good. It's going to be by necessity as well, because the offense might be like 28th. Um, and so the defense will have to be fantastic for them to have a shot. But yeah. um, I, I think you're, to call it league average is like an early expectation, I think, is maybe underestimating the overall defensive talent on the roster. I mean, maybe. I, I just, I don't know. I, I also look back at that, you know, what was it, 15 and 10? with Yak, and I also mm-hmm. look at that stretch and like the teams that they played and um mm-hmm. you know I'm not gonna read too much into that uh and so I think over the course of an 82 game season um I would like to and again like some of it is also just is is it just Fred that's gone is it now Fred and Pascal that's gone mm-hmm. um that's a big chunk of your starting five from last season uh, I won't be around. So I think I, I'm still waiting for some clarity. And so before all, all of that shakes out, um, I'll just be on league average, <laughs> no, no real expectations. And then we can set, uh, set it all after that. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm sort of painting this through the lens of Pascal's on the team. The team as is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that, those are our reasons for optimism. I hope we got you juiced up. Uh, yeah, any other like small ones? Any other things that are like exciting to you? Is it just like getting to see a new offense, getting to see a defense that's not totally insane? Like, is there anything like Darko related you're particularly excited about? Yeah, just uh, again, uh, you know, the things he's talked about with the ball movement, player movement. And that's something that, you know, hopefully uh, is a breath of fresh air for this team offensively. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's been an eyesore the last couple years uh and so i think getting to just look like more of a normal basketball team um obviously the shooting isn't where it needs to be uh because nope. <laughs> you know not having a single credible pull-up threat on the team is uh i think being underrated as a thing that could spell doom for this roster uh yeah it's not good yeah and so i think that aspect of it is like hey there's only <laughs> you know the ball movement and play movement's only going to do so much like you know, if you have open shots and you can't knock them down, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. So uh, that aspect of it is still troubling. Like, you know, initially you thought, oh, okay, now you've added Grady Dick to, uh, you know, Fred and OG and Gary. And so you've increased that. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Otto Porter Jr. Um, so theoretically, there was you could kind of make the case that you had like five shooters that should be reliable. Um mm-hmm. Now Fred's, you know, basically Fred's out, Grady's in, um, and, you know, I, I don't know that Grady will be attempting 10 threes a game in his rookie He might season. have to. He might have to. <laughs> might have to. Uh, but again, ten, I, I ten don't want to threes a game in kind of nine on. minutes a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll pivot. We'll come back on the other side. And we will get into uh, a return of a great game, a classic game. Everybody loves it. That random Raptors game. Uh, Vivek, you're about to go through the gauntlet, babies. We're going to throw it back to 
2016-17 season. To collect your thoughts while we take a quick second to promote our pals over at Locked On Leafs. Go check out Locked On Leafs. They've made a lot of signings, some of them good, some of them horrible in the offseason. Go check out the show, and Mike and Dave will tell you which ones were good and why, which ones were bad and why. Please go check them out on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. All right, Big V, it's time. We're bringing back that random Raptors game because I wanted to have some fun on the podcast because I'm sick of talking about rumors and scuttlebutt and subterfuge and trades and depressing stuff. So let's uh, have some fun. Roll back the clock and play that random Raptors game, a game that we haven't played for a little bit on the show, but is a through line throughout the history of the podcast, uh, even dating back to the Raptors HQ days, way back in the headquarters days for those who are the real sickos who have been around listening to my voice since then. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, how this game works, I pick a random, random game in Raptors history. Usually it has a theme to it. There is a theme today. Uh, and you have to guess who played in that game. You get three strikes. If you get three strikes, I win. Dealer takes the money. If you don't get three strikes, you win, and you get all the bragging rights. Are you ready to play that random Raptors game? Yeah, I'm ready. Hell yeah. We're going to have a little bed music for this, too, if you're listening, just to kind of set the mood a little bit. Here we go. Get the theme song, the full breadth of the theme song of the podcast, which everybody seems to love. Um, Okay, so today, we're throwing it all the way back to 2017 january 17th 2017 to be exact and the reason why i've chosen this date big v is it's a historic date for one fred van vliet the first time he hits double digits in an nba game uh, he came off the bench in this game he had 10 points for four of six from the field uh two assists two steals and four is boards on the you road get against one. orlando is this no game? this this was no this is uh against the brooklyn nets on the road against the brooklyn nets okay uh, a very very bad brooklyn nets team that after this game was eight and 33 barf uh the raptors of course pretty good this year 28 and 13 although this win did precede the january downturn that led to the trades for pj tucker and serge Ibaka. i've given you all the context clues i'm giving you now uh 10 players played for the raptors in this game nine if you take out fred van vliet who i just gave away guess away who you got who played in this game for the toronto raptors so you said this was before the Ibaka trade this was before the Ibaka and pj tucker trades yes okay so you've already given me fred so um lowry uh lowry's incorrect he was hurt didn't play in this game sorry (laughs) derozan derozan is correct he played 37 minutes had 36 points on 13 of 28 shooting 11 boards six assists really nice game from old demar derozan filling in for the injured kyle lowry of course is the uh the main dude on the team terrence ross Terrence Ross had a nice game off the bench, 15 points, 6 of 11, 3 of 7 from deep, 4 boards, 2, two assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. Okay. So uh, got two, 3, if you count Fred. JV? Jonas Valanciunas, correct, 29 minutes, 7 points, 10 boards, uh, 3 of 7 from the field, and a plus 1. You've got 3, just one strike. Um, okay. I'm glad I put the bed music in for the thinking parts of this game. I've yeah. learned. <laughs> uh, 2016-17. So, Corey Joseph? 
Corey Joseph is the standout of this box score. He started in place of the injured Kyle Lowry. Of course, Fred got into the bench unit uh, because of the injured Kyle Lowry as well. Uh, Corey Joseph, 37 minutes, 15 of 22 from the field, 33 points at a plus 16. Unreal. Corey Joseph. And he did it all. He had two free throws and one made three in the game. So all from two-point range. Those slick little Corey oh. Joe uh, twirling layups and mid-range jumpers. Uh, good, good one from Corey Joe. You got four right, one strike. So, so Corey Joseph is the inspiration for all of Pascal's ethical 30 balls. Uh, yes, 100%. The <laughs> progenitor of ethical basketball, Corey Joseph, the one and only. <laughs> um, okay, so Corey Joseph is on there. Uh, so if Corey played, Fred played, Kyle was on there. So did DeLon? DeLon did not play in this game. Interesting. Uh... Not even listed on the box scores, dressed. So that's your second strike. Hmm. I'll give you... So there's two guys in the starting five you've not yet gotten and three guys off the bench. And you may have already said the name of one of those guys. This is the last hint you're getting. I said the name of one of the guys, so why didn't I get... You just said it in relation to invoking Corey Joseph. Oh, Pascal. Yeah, Pascal, baby. This is his rookie year. He came off the bench, 14 minutes, four points. Surely as uh, like leak out layups, because uh, that's the only way Pascal scored as a rookie. But uh, yeah, Pascal plus 14 in this game. Okay, so I've named six. I've got th- four, four more to go. Uh, yeah, we've There's got six, six including guys, including six, Fred. Yeah, so you have four okay. players left in two strikes. Yeah, I'm just like writing the players down as I name them. That's um, fair. Uh, that's an allowable thing to do as long as you're not looking <laughs> at Basketball Reference. We're good. Uh, so, okay. So I have not named starters. Um, so this time, um, I'll give you one more hint. One of the starters is really weird. (laughs) One of the starters is really weird. When you consider that Valanchunas is also one of the starters. Did I hear you say Damari? Yeah. Yeah, Damari Carroll played in this game. Played 26 minutes, started, uh, nine points, three of eight from the field, three of four from deep for old Damari. Considering JV started, this starter is weird. Um, <laughs> I got, I, I'm so trying to envision another, this lineup in my brain, and it is Yeah, so basically up. you're saying it was a too big lineup. Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, and so 2016-17 Raptors. This is, this is the team that got swept by the Cavs. They did. Um, Started off wonderfully, hit a bit of a snag in January, made big trades in February. Right. Yeah. Man, I am drawing a blank now. Fred. (laughs) Again, there are three guys left that you need to get. One starter who's weird, two bench guys. one of them plays for the Raptors still. One of them plays for the Raptors still. Uh, 16, 17. And is still playing for the Raptors. Oh, Yak. Yeah, Yak and Pirtle, uh played 15 minutes off the bench. One bucket made on one attempt. Two points, two boards, an assist, and a block. A plus right. five. Okay. Two guys left. So, damn. <laughs> I love this game. It makes everybody so mad. <laughs> oh, okay. So, who else would have been a center on the team at this time? Wait, 
Oh, oh. This is, by the way, this is definitely the image that's going up on the thumbnail when I post it later, <laughs> is you staring off into the distance in profile. It's great. <laughs> uh, so I think this, damn, this is probably my third X, but uh -huh. I want to say Patrick Patterson was still on this team. Patrick Patterson was on this team, but he was injured and did not play. That is your third strike. You have lost that random Raptors game. I am the winner. The guy you missed in the starting five. Bebe. Lucas Nogueira. Oh. Seven minutes played. Him and Jonas starting next to one another in an NBA <laughs> game is incredible stuff. Love it. Um, and then also off the bench, Norman Powell with a very 2017 Norman Powell line of uh, 0 for 2 uh, in 18 minutes. Uh, this was before he really took off, of course. Um, but uh, for some yeah. reason, I was I was just I mean, yeah, I was just under the assumption that Norm would have been playing with the 905 at this time for some reason. Yeah, I hear yeah. that. It's a shame. It's a shame. But you have lost that random Raptors game. It's a it's a real bummer. I might keep a score. I'm going to play this oh, more 16, regularly 17, throughout the that summer. Was a bad assumption. It yeah. would have been 15, 16 when he was there. Who was that? Sorry? No, that was a bad assumption on my part. 15, oh. 16, he would have been with a 905. Yes. Would have been... Yeah, that was just terrible on my part. It's all right, man. It happens. It's a game that gets the best of us. Not me, but because uh, I, I would never play. <laughs> was always I'm, I'm never going to make myself look like a fool or anything like that. Um, but you, you gave it a spirited effort. Uh, it is, of course, time to wrap up the show now. Um, and we will, we will get more people with that random Raptors game at some point uh, throughout the offseason. Because it's fun. And uh, we like fun here on the podcast. Do you have anything you want to promote before we get out of here, Big V? Um, the usual stuff, Raptors.com. Uh, that is still going. And you spoke with Grady Dick. I spoke with Grady Dick. There's mm -hmm. uh, a Q&A up that you can read up on. And then uh, hoping to speak with uh, a few people during Summer League. Uh, obviously, I'm not in Vegas, but uh, looking to set some phoners up and do some stuff off that. So you can stay tuned for that. It's a shame you don't get to hang out in the hotel room uh, basketball court they've set up. Just throwing it back to the Tampa days, baby. It's yeah. lovely. Uh, actually, looks awesome. Seems like a lot of fun. I would like to play on a basketball court in a hotel ballroom myself. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it there, though. Big V, thanks for hanging. Thanks for being a good sport playing that random Raptors game, a game that gets uh, most people who play it because it's really hard. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Jamar Hyans will be along. We'll come up with some fun stuff for that. Maybe I'll just play this game again tomorrow with Jamar because that's fun too. Um, either way, please go uh, support the show by following, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Join the Discord. The link is in the description. It's a lot of fun. We got like 140 people in there uh, talking about fake trades and all sorts of good stuff. So uh, come hang out. Join the little community we got building around the show. Subscribe on YouTube, your podcast apps, etc., etc. Follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. I'm sure I'll be on some other dumb social media sometime soon as well because everyone's moving and social media will never go away. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for hanging, and we'll talk to you Friday. Bye-bye.